Hey, Shepherd family, I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The weeks that we've been spending together studying King David, I hope, have been rich and fruitful. We've talked about what it means to study part of the cast of characters from the Old Testament, making sure that we're not just using them for moralistic instruction, but rather we are seeing in them the through line by which God is bringing about the salvation of all mankind, ultimately through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. It's so incredibly important that we understand that this king that we're studying is really to be a an extension of God's authority in this world and not a replacement or a displacement of God among us human beings. God is the one true king. He is the ultimate and righteous authority. Humankind has a habit and history of supplanting God's authority and following the authoritative direction of others, politicians, governors, rulers, social media authorities, media, Hollywood, they come fast and furiously. But God says over and against all of them, I am the one righteous authority that is worthy of the care and keeping of your soul. Well, now we want to get into the third installment of this study of King David. And we want to do that by actually looking into what was the most um, God-pleasing part of David's ministry. We read in scripture, by the way, that David as king was one who um, uh, was a man after God's heart. He lived a life of desiring and seeking that which was pleasing to God. But as we read in 2 Samuel chapter 7, 2 Samuel chapter 7, maybe you want to get your own Bible out and read along with me. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, we read about a particular way in which David went about expressing his desire to be a follower after God's heart. And he did that in a very particular way. He made a home for God in this world. Let's uh, turn to Second uh, Samuel chapter 7. I'll read along here. We're going to read the entirety of the chapter in the midst of this sermon. We're going to be efficient and concise, but at the same time, I want to be unapologetically thorough in seeing how God was finally offered a home in which to express his love for all people, a home that was made through the building of this Jerusalem temple. We read these great words. When King David was settled in his palace as king, and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet, Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God, where God's presence dwelt, is out there in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. I just want to pause there and and let you see this one fact. David was aware that the blessings with which he was living 
were not consistent with the manner in which God was being worshipped. The blessings with which he was living, not consistent with the manner in which God was living and being worshipped. David said, look, God is stuck out in a tent on the South 40 while I'm living here in a beautifully perfumed cedar palace. I think it's time for us to do right by God and to build him a place where he can be worshipped in a, in a way that reflects now the level of prosperity and um, success that he, by his grace, has afforded to Israel. We read on that same night, the Lord said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's tribal leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I've never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now, go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, declares the Lord, that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings, David. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with a rod like any father would do, but my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from King Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time and your throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. I just take a moment and step away and hear those words of God. A promise that as he receives a home among the nation of Israel, he will also be at home with his grace and his mercy. He will establish for them a kingdom that will last forever. This promise that God makes is just so critical because it is the promise, the through line that takes us to the Lord Jesus Christ, who will be that king by whose righteous rule God's kingship, his dominion over this earth, will be effected forever and ever. 
we read on that King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else you speak of, giving your servant a lasting dynasty, do you deal with everyone this way, O sovereign Lord? What more can I say to you? You know what your servant is really like, sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. How great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. We have never, ever heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. You made Israel your very own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, The Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer to you because you have revealed all this to your servants, saying, I will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servants. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken, and when you grant a blessing to your servant, O sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. David made a house for the Lord. It's something to be said that the geography we occupy is important. We are made of dust and dirt. God raised Adam and Eve from the ground itself. And as he did so, he established them as geographic people. And in many ways, he established the faith, the faith of Israel as a geographic kind of faith. We can point on a map. There is Israel. That was where Jesus died, outside Jerusalem. But your house, your home, your zip code is no different, no less sacred. If we are to do right by God, it will be by making sure that wherever we make a home, whether in an apartment, a condominium, an actual house, whether it be in this country, the United States, or across the ocean in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, wherever it is we find ourselves, that geography becomes sacred because the word of God exists there. The faith of Jesus is cherished there. And the invitation to you today, wherever it is you're sitting or standing, listening to this message, make that place a temple for the Lord. If you can do that, then you are well on your way to doing right by the kingship and the story of David we've been listening into. You'll be on your way to being one who, like David, is a man, a woman, after God's own heart. May God grant you the grace of pursuing himself, 
with that kind of vigor and clarity of focus so that you may know ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ, the King that sits on David's throne victorious as the Savior from sin, the guarantor of eternal life, and the hope of the nations. In Jesus' name, amen.